This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads at our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. My dear friends and brothers and sisters, <coughs> firstly, as we look at our subject this afternoon, peace of mind, the Bible answer, what does peace of mind convey to us in the natural sense? A dictionary puts it like this. It says it's a quiet tranquility, mental calm, freedom from war, the absence of stress or anxiety, no worries, a feeling of being safe. All these aspects, as we know, are good and true. But how long will they continue? Not for long. All these can change in minutes in our lives. And we know this to be a very fact. In other words, they are not long-lasting. And so then, is peace of mind important to us? Will it help us? And so, as we say, it's a Bible address. Let's look at the Bible with regards to peace or peace of mind. And firstly, if we look at a Bible concordance on this word peace, we will note that it is mentioned some 280 times in references. Is it then important to us? We think so. And as we think of peace, and as we think of God's word, the Bible, where do we start? We start at the beginning. We start at the book of Genesis. Because in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He created man and woman. He placed them in the Garden of Eden where there was complete peace. Perfect tranquility. No stress or anxiety. But Almighty God gave them laws, laws which they must obey. And Adam and Eve disobeyed. They disobeyed the command of Almighty God. They were both disobedient unto God. And sin entered into this world in which we now live. No more perfect peace. But the lusts of the eyes, the lusts of the flesh and the pride of life. And so then we ask, what is peace? What is peace? Peace is in a sense the opposite of desire. The less we desire, the more we have peace. But peace is not a blankness, it's not a vacuum. Peace encompasses one supreme desire that blots out all other desires. Peace is the confident, patient assurance of the immutable fulfilment of that supreme desire in God's good time. And as scripture says, 
speaking of Almighty God, the great Creator, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. That is peace. The perfect peace of God that passeth understanding. Peace is perfect serenity and joy. It's free from any disturbance or distress in the deepest layers, deepest and innermost layers of the mind. But there will be surface problems, surface sorrows to test the depths of our peace. But if we have peace of mind, then nothing can penetrate its inner joy and the quietness. We can never enjoy the perfect peace of God as long as we desire or as long as we expect anything from this present life. For even when we get what we desire, we do not find peace, but rather disappointment and disillusions. If we really want the perfect peace of God, we must then rid ourselves of all the things that interfere with peace. For peace is the realisation and full joyful acceptance that God is in full control. He's in, he's in complete control of all things. And if we have peace with God, we need nothing else. There is nothing beyond that to have or to desire. And if we don't have peace, if we don't have peace with God, then nothing else is worth having. Nothing else is worth having because nothing can take its place. And there are many references, many passages in Scripture that speak to us of this peace. Just look at one reference. Just go over to the prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26, and we look at verse 3. And there we read, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Yes, there is always our part to do individually. And that is our big problem. We can be sure that Almighty God will do his part if we do ours. And our part is, as this third verse says, it says, whose mind is stayed on me, Almighty God. And the key word here is stayed, fixed, established, rooted, grounded, the whole mind is set unwaveringly on Almighty God. There is no better, no healthier, 
more wholesome, more strengthening subjects of thought than that of Almighty God. If we keep our mind, our thoughts on God, on his purpose, on his goodness, on his righteousness, then peace of mind will be ours. And again, we can look at scripture. We just go over to the, or back, we should say, to the words of the psalmist. We go back to the 119th Psalm. And we look at verse 165. Psalm 119, verse 165. And so we read there in that 165th verse, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And here our part is loving the law. The key word here is loving, not just seeking, not just learning, not even just doing, but loving of the law of Almighty God. If we then want peace, then we must set our affections completely on God's law and away from the world. But all the things of the world are based upon the law of sin. And we can go over into the New Testament, to the Gospel of John. Just two verses in the 16th chapter of John's Gospel. John chapter 16, and we look at the last two verses. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself to his disciples. And verse 32 says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet, I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. These things I have spoken unto you, says the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye might have peace. What things? How familiar are we with the things Jesus said, that we might have peace? How much do we meditate upon them? Because that is why all present things must be put away. For there is far too much to learn and to do, because none of us will ever learn or do all we should. But we can at least, we can at least give all our efforts and our attention to trying. Because peace will never just descend on us as we sit idly waiting. Or that, or that we are busy about things of little importance as far as our eternal well-being is concerned. Peace comes 
only through the appointed medium of God's word. And that is where, that is where we must diligently seek it. And we must give time, much time to it. Because there are no shortcuts. And again we'll look at scripture. We just turn over to the book of Romans. We go to the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. And we look at the 6th verse. And there we read Romans 8 verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is peace. And so then to be spiritually minded is to set the whole of the mind, the whole interests on spiritual things. Things, the things of almighty God. That is the things of almighty God. In other words, we have to raise the mind and interest to a higher level. It's like an airplane going up above the storms to the never broken calm of the higher atmosphere. Let us then lift our minds to God, up above all the strife and above all passing perishing things. By nature, as we know, our minds are small and petty and earth-groveling. But they don't have to stay that way. Because Almighty God has promised to enlarge our minds spiritually. Give them peace. If, that small word, if, two letters, if, we will but seek him daily and love his holy word. Because nothing worthwhile, nothing worthwhile comes without long effort and application. But again, peace. Peace does not mean complete freedom from problems or freedom from sorrows. We can think of the Lord Jesus Christ. The perfect manifestation and example of peace. Of perfect peace. He was preeminently a man of sorrows. And acquainted with grief. Not his own sorrows. Not his own grief. But those of all the world. And so the Apostle Paul is saying here in Romans chapter 8. He's saying that the man or the woman who follows the word of God, the spirit word of God, cannot live according to the flesh. Because the two ways of life are incompatible and have distinctly different destinies. Two minds then. The carnal mind and the spiritual mind. Those then who follow the ways of the flesh the carnal mind, they merely manifest that which they are by nature. 
But on the other hand, those who are spiritually minded have accepted into their minds the things of God. That process of thinking which is renewed in knowledge day by day. And so as we read there in that sixth verse of Romans 8, it told us there, to be carnally minded is death. For the mind that is built on flesh, on fleshly things, things of this world, things that are passing things, if we follow the inclinations of flesh or the corrupt propensities of our nature, then we will ultimately reap the just reward, even that of death. But the Apostle Paul here is teaching that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. There is no inherent light in man. The light must come from without, from Almighty God. And so this sixth verse goes on, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and and this is the mind this is the mind or way of thought that is created by God's word revealed here in the scriptures of truth because the Bible is designed not so much to convey information such as a dictionary or an encyclopedia but to change us to change us by its influence, to develop within us a unique divine attitude to life. And the more we think on these things, the more our actions will conform to Almighty God and to his requirements. Because it is, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so then to be spiritually minded is life as opposed to death. The spirit word, the true word of God. The thinking of the spirit has put to death the thinking of the flesh. A new way of life is opened up which can bring peace of mind. And so then the spiritual mind can bring life and peace to us. And the Greek word peace simply means to be at one, to be at one, to be in unity, to be complete, and it implies true fellowship. But again, sacrifice. A sacrifice is needed to discover such a peace. In other words, it does not come readily. It's based on truth and righteousness. It's an understanding of God's way and an application of the principles of that way of life. And so we'd like to spend a few minutes looking at that reading that we had by way of lesson. 
that fourth chapter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians. But look, I want to look at just two verses. Because these two verses speak to us of the way to peace. The way to peace. It's Philippians 4 and at verses 6 and 7. Let me read there in verse 6 of this four chapter of Philippians. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be careful for nothing, as this sixth verse says. Because those who have put on the Lord Jesus Christ in the water of baptism have no anxiety about anything. Because those who show anxiety and fear do not show faith in Almighty God. This attitude reveals a failure see the hand of God in life. And the verse goes on, but in everything by prayer and supplication. In everything, be it noted, in everything should be prayerfully decided. This is the great antidote for anxiety. Because if one has prayed beforehand and sought the guidance of God and his blessing, then he will bring the request to pass. If, again that small word if, if it be according to his will. Let your petitions be made known unto God. God desires that we take our request to him. Those who walk with God, those baptised into his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, will draw near unto him, and he unto them. And in decisions, we leave all in God's hands, as prayerfully requested. In other words, we put all things, we put our very lives in the hand of Almighty God. And the peace of God shall keep, sorry, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, as this seventh verse says. The peace of God shall keep your hearts. And the word shall keep being to keep with a military guard. The revised version puts it, to keep in ward. And so in these last words here in this seventh verse, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ, both the Lord Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul make the same point. Apostle Paul says that Christ's peace passeth all comprehension. And the Lord Jesus Christ says 
that it excels because the world cannot give it or take it away. And so let us then think of peace naturally. Is there peace found in this world of which we now live? Is man always at peace with his fellows? Is the world at peace? We think not. Is man content? Is man content with his life? Does he want more? Hence we have wars which have always been and will always be until that kingdom age. Until the Prince of Peace is once again upon the earth. And so we believe then as Christadelphians that there is no lasting peace until the Lord Jesus Christ does return. Even as scriptures tells us in the words of the psalmist, and we quote, In his days the righteous flourish, and abundance of peace, so long as the moon endureth. There is no peace to this world in which we now live, under its present constitution of things, constitution of wickedness. And we think again of the words of the Apostle Paul. Words of Paul as he speaks to those believers of his day. Because in the letter to Thessalonians, the believers there, they were reading that there is reference made in all of those eight chapters to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven. So we'd like to look at... Um, 1st Thessalonians chapter 5. 1st Thessalonians chapter 5. Because here in the opening verses, the opening verses of this fifth chapter, the Apostle Paul speaks of peace and safety. For example, we have in verse 3. The proclaiming of peace and safety is a sign that will precede the sudden destruction of Armageddon. But this day will not overtake any, it will not overtake any who claim to be sons and daughters of light. Let's just look at the opening six verses then of this fifth chapter. Verse one tells us, but of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as the others, but let us watch and be sober. When they shall say peace and safety, the 
then sudden destruction. And so then we have, as it were, we have a peace cry, but war was to follow. For example, the Peace Congress of Geneva in September 1867, at which Garibaldi was present, was followed by the revolution and the fall of the temple power in 1870. The Peace Congress of The Hague in 1899 was followed in the same year by the war in South Africa. And the Peace of Munich followed by the outbreak of the Second World War. And as we look at the world affairs, we move on in time to the year 1986. And here we would have seen that the bird, the dove, was a symbol of peace in association with the olive wreath emblem of the United Nations. Human hands supporting the dove, ready for flight, underlines the role of human beings. The role of human beings in the maintenance of peace. This was seen in the logo of the 1986 International Year of Peace. And with regards to this year, this year of peace, it was written that 1986 would seek to devote a specific time to concentrate in the efforts of the United Nations and its member states. What for? to promote the ideals of peace and give evidence to their commitment to peace in all viable ways. And this International Year of Peace, 1986, was proclaimed on the 24th of October, 1985, by the General Assembly of the United Nations. So again the question, is it possible to have a lasting peace that will never end? Will there be true peace of mind in the future? And the answer is yes. It is yes because the word of the living God tells us. It will be when the Lord Jesus Christ returns back to this earth. This being, we believe, is Christadelphians in the very near future. The time when all nations of the world will come under the dominion of the Prince of Peace. And in so doing, the nations will beat their swords. They shall beat their swords into plowshares. For when Almighty God created this world, back in the beginning, he wanted it to be like those conditions back in Eden at the very first time. The time before, before the fall of man, when there was peace, true peace, no wars, no unrest. But then we had the fall of man. Sin and death entered into this world of which we now live. But Almighty God has sent his Son 
sends his son into the world to save, to save men and women. And just two verses back in Isaiah now, in that well-known ninth chapter, the ninth chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah 9, and we'll look at verses 6 and 7. Isaiah chapter 9, reading from verse 6 then. For unto what a child is born, unto what a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor of the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And so then we wait. We wait then for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. But at this time now, there is no true peace of mind. Man is not content. This is the world in which we now live. And so then, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? How should we act as we wait our Lord's return? How should we react as with regards to those of us? And again, we have to look at Scripture. We look again at the words of the Apostle Paul and we go finally to the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. It's just one verse in this 12th chapter of Romans. And it's the 18th verse of this 12th chapter. It's speaking here of those in the world about us. It says, verse 18, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Live peaceably with all men. And here the Apostle Paul seems to realise and seems to hint that peace with all men is not always possible. Because there are times when we, as Christadelphians, we who are believers of the word of God, have to speak out for the things of which we believe, of God's word. And this word possible, in this 18th verse, if it be possible, in the Greek it signifies powerful or capable. It's related to the English word dynamo. This is an instrument, if you like, which generates power. And so the Apostle Paul is saying here, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, if it be possible, says Paul, do as much as in your power, as much as in your power to live at peace, to live peaceably with all men. And so then let us, 
Let's just seek for the things that lead to peace. And if we do, we have done our part. Whatever action is adopted by those about us. And so we wait then for that great day to dawn. And we know that there will be a time of judgment. A time when all in this room will have to stand before the judge of the whole earth. When we have to give an account of our stewardship. How we have dealt with God's word down through the ages of time. How we responded to it. There will be a judgment. And we pray that we might receive that well done. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord, that we might then receive that peace, that peace which knows no ending. It will go on throughout the ages of the ages, throughout the years of eternity. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirtchristadelphians.org. Dot uk. Mm-hmm.